Welcome to the Spectrum Lounge podcast, where we discuss creators of disrupting the game in TV, film, and pop culture. I am your host, Rebecca Theodore Vachon, and on this episode, we review season one of the Disney original series Loki and the recent Marvel release of Black Widow. Hey, Robert, how are you? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. A long time no speak. <laughs> yeah, long time. But uh, I'm kind of enjoying yeah. my little Marvel break right now. Yes. Uh, yeah, we don't have anything. We don't have anything until what? What's our The 11th? The uh, what if? Oh, my God. Oh, we definitely have to talk about that. Please put yeah. that on the list. Yeah. After, we, after we talk about uh, Loki, I definitely want to talk about what if. Um, so... Welcome back. Um, I apologize to my listeners. Uh, for anyone who follows me on Twitter, I've been doing some consulting work with uh, Paley Media Center. And so it's been really involved. We are applying for a grant. And so, you know, grants are very specific. You got to meet certain deadlines and all of that. And so I've just been hard at work. I've been watching the Loki series, but I just haven't had time to do our weekly recaps but i was like we can't i was like we started so strong we've got to do at least an overall review of season one of loki and we'll talk about our favorite episodes what we like what we didn't like all of that so i'll i'll hand it over to you robert overall what did you think of season one of loki i'm pretty satisfied with uh season one of loki i think it started very strong it kind of like in the middle, kind of, I don't think it ever got bad, but there, it was a couple like really slow points, especially mm-hmm. I think episode three, uh, mm. it was lamentous. Yes. Uh, I mean, they were fine, but then, mm-hmm. then it just finished with a bang in my opinion mm. with, uh, with Jonathan Majors. <laughs> oh my. Now with he what, who remains. He who remains. So what's interesting is you and I saw the casting announcement of Jonathan Majors as Kang the Conqueror. Um and at the time I think they said that he was supposed to be in Ant-Man 3 Quantumania. Yes. So while I was watching Loki, I mean everything they were pretty much had a just had like a breadcrumb trail leading to Kang, but I didn't know if they were actually going to execute it. I was like, I, you know, will will Jonathan Majors actually show up in a the in in the Disney series, right? Because mm-hmm. we knew he would be in Ant Man three, and we know he's going to be a pretty big part of Phase four as far as like the big bads, right? So yeah, I was really shocked. Like when the season finale came out last week, I purposely stayed off of Twitter. I, I went on on Wednesday morning and then I just started seeing something about Kang <laughs> in the corner of my, and I immediately shut down Twitter. I was like, oh no, guys, you are not going to ruin this for me. So I guess what we'll do is, we'll, let's work backwards. Let, okay. Let's start with the season finale for all time, always is the title. Um, season one, episode six. Um, you... Can you share like what you thought of the season finale and what you thought of one Jonathan's performance as uh, he who remains um, and also how they what did you think of the execution as far as uh, the exposition and the storytelling of who he really is? Because we really know that he's Kang, right? Yeah. Or Nathaniel Richards. Like what what did you think of that? Well, first of all, um, I thought the episode was fantastic. I loved the way they started the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, first off with the scroll with just all the voices and lines from all 
all the you know the old movies and stuff yes you caught that right oh yeah my God. yeah that, that was great and then they went great. you know right into the whole timeline traveling on timeline thing until you get to that castle just floating out in the middle of like you know nether space i guess mm-hmm. so just like the visuals just the way they did all that was just it was gorgeous like right. they put some serious money into this this series Oh, definitely. definitely. <laughs> I, you know, because that's the thing, like in Loki and, and to, to an extent, um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, it, it really was like watching one hour movies. Like mm-hmm. if you would put that up against a theatrical release of the Marvel movies, it's, you know, because sometimes when you have the TV version of a movie, like you can see the downgrade, yeah. like the lack of money and budget. But I don't I don't I definitely did not see that in Loki. You could have easily shown that in a theater absolutely absolutely yeah but yeah just uh i really like the way they did this the final episode because i mean we got a little tiny bit of fighting Mm -hmm. but for the most part i mean it was just like really good storytelling and visuals and and just like outstanding uh dialogue i i I love the way he you know broke down who he was Mm-hmm. Once he brought them up to the office. And the interesting <laughs> thing is, is technically they were right. Like we haven't seen Kang yet. We we, mm. ba- we basically didn't see Kang until that statue that L- Loki saw at the end. Right. You know, when he was in that timeline. Mm-hmm. But but he who remains to me seemed more like a, a mortis, his Immortus right. version. Um, mm-hmm. So just... The way they did that, I just I absolutely loved it. And then, of course, it got me thinking, I mean, if Nathaniel Richards is black, what's that mean mm-hmm. for the Fantastic Four? You oh, know? wow. <laughs> oh, well, can, you, can, can you explain to us what the, who Nathaniel Richards is? Can you give us like a quick bio, bio of who he is and how he's connected to yeah, the Fantastic Four? Well, it kind of depends because in some of the comics, they think he's related to Reed Richards. Okay. Uh, in other comics, they say he's related to Doctor Doom. Wow. So, mm-hmm. like, either way, like that mm-hmm. that that just gets my you know my gears turning, right? And, and excited, right? I mean, <laughs> right? Because we know that you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, we we know that uh, there's a green light for the Fantastic Four since. Um, Marvel and Disney brought up Fox. They absorbed all the Fox uh, Marvel properties. So now they own Disney now owns Disney and Marvel now own uh, Deadpool, Fantastic Four, mm-hmm. uh, the X-Men, X-Men yeah. and all the X that, you know, Wolverine, all of that. They own all of that now. And so, yeah, so there's been in the that huge announcement that we had back in December. Um, there is indeed going to be a Fantastic Four reboot. And I think they got. Uh, the same act, the same director who's been directing the Spider-Man movies, right? That's right. Is is gonna? Well, you and I have had this discussion. We were like, <laughs> y'all, we were like, come on, Disney. There's lots of other directors yeah. who tackled Fantastic Four. You know what I mean? Then I, you know, I I've tweeted this. One of my top choices was Rick Famuyiwa. Um, oh, that would have been so cool. Right. He he is part of the Disney family. If you watch Dope, um, even before that, what was that movie that he did? Oh, not The Best Man. The Wood. His oh, first movie right. was The that's Wood. Right. Yeah, was The Wood. And then he did Dope. And then 
um, he started um, at one point. I, I remember he was supposed to direct the Flash movie for DC he Warner's, sure was. But, but there was a falling out as far as like the creative differences. And then he came over to Disney, and so um, John Favreau um, commissioned him to direct. Um, several episodes, a couple of episodes in season one and brought him back for season two. And I say Rick Famuyiwa because some of the, my favorite episodes of the, of the uh, Mandalorian um, were directed by Rick Famuyiwa. Mm. So I, I feel like he has a really great eye, f- not only for direction, um, not only character development and, and like those one-to-one moments with characters, but he can kind of, and but he can also do great action scenes. So he has this way of like balancing story right Mm -hmm. and and story and action which is really what you need to do in order to direct a comic book movie yeah like a marvel movie yes i feel like he's definitely so i always felt like the fantastic four would be great for him because he's great with handling an ensemble of characters right that's a shame right you know it's just like mm. (laughs) but i mean i don't know i mean maybe we'll get some news that he will, I would love to see him get a franchise. Yeah, I was about to say, maybe he'll get something else down the line. Hopefully, hopefully. Yes, but we digress. Okay, Nathaniel Richards, he's black, uh, related to Reed Richards in one timeline, uh, and and Dr. Doom in the other. So we're going to have to wait to see which Nathaniel (laughs) Richards, is that what you're telling us? Yeah, I'm like, I'm wondering, Mm. it it makes me think like, well, what's Reed Richards going to look like, or what's Dr. You know, what's Victor Von Doom going to look like? Right, right. Uh, oh, so you're talking about like a race bent, Reed yeah, Richards, like race bent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one mm-hmm. of them. One of them. Okay. Okay. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I do want John Krasinski <laughs> for yeah. Reed Richards. He's so, like, he's so Reed Richards to me. Like, I just look at him. And every time I see John Krasinski, I just color in his, his sideburns <laughs> with like gray hair. Uh-huh. And I'm like, yeah. And just because of the, and also because of the fact that John Krasinski is tall and kind of lanky. Uh which would kind of, you know, lean into this idea of him being Mr. Fantastic who stretches. No, I agree. And you know what? It's it's not like Mm -hmm. this is something I wish for. And it might not even matter in the end because if they're, you know, variants, like Mm -hmm. he could, his skin color, you know, might not matter. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) So in the end, it might not matter at all. You're right. Okay, so so Loki and Sophie, and Sophie is a variant of Loki, basically confront he who remains, and they're basically like, you need to stop messing with the timeline. <laughs> <laughs> because Sophie knows that she's from a different timeline, because we all know that the TVA integrated the timeline into one timeline, because there, there was a war of sorts that we knew from a few episodes, and uh, he who remains, uh, Nathaniel explains how he created the the fact that he was in the 31st century. He found out about the different timelines and met different versions of himself. And at first they worked harmoniously and then they started fighting, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and it was like one, one timeline to rule them all. And then it was just sort of like game of, you know, it was sort of like timeline of the ring. And yeah. And so they decided, so Nathaniel took exec, took an executive decision and he was like, all right, we're not doing this anymore. We're just going to have one timeline and not a bunch of evil Nathaniel Richards variants. One of who is Kang the Cockerer uh, doing that. But, but Sophie is sort of like, (laughs) we can talk about this now. (laughs) Sophie was not with it. Okay. She was like, I'm not here for this bureaucratic controlling of the timeline and she just is basically there to kill 
he who remains. She was like, well, if I kill you, then, you know, the, the timelines will be separated and then I, maybe I can go back to my timeline <laughs> or whatever. And it, it, what was funny was like all the memes and reactions that came out after episode uh, after the season finale, because we find out that the the person who overruns the timeline is black, <laughs> is a black man. And then the other people who are enforcing it in the TVA, you have, you know, Gugu's character, Ravona, and then, you know, B-15 with... Um, yeah. Uh, Hunter B-15 with uh, Winmi Masaku. So it was like, so it's like this white woman, she almost looked like a Karen that was like complaining <laughs> to management. <laughs> and, I, and I have to ask you this because I think this, and I wanted to get your opinion. This had to be intentional. That had to be, in the imagery, the representation of that had to have been um, intentional in the fact that these black people are in charge of the timeline yeah right what did yeah, you think yeah if if not it's a crazy coincidence mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah it feels like mm -hmm. it had to be an intentional i think so too yeah because i mean we spoke about it earlier um in the last podcast that we did about how the black women in loki are positioned they are in positions of power still vulnerable and i like that they're they're not written as like these rigid one-dimensional characters right right um but i it, it's it was just really fascinating to me to kind of see them be in control of this white man <laughs> <laughs> for all intents and purposes whatever loki is he's still a white man uh -huh. you know what i mean just sort of like yeah we're done with your shenanigans that that doesn't fly here you know what <laughs> i mean so and so they just took it to the final conclusion and um i i definitely i i with episode six i definitely got shades of wizard of oz right like yes. the, the man behind the curtain and you know just there were definitely um homages and, and references and everything and you know i've only seen jonathan majors in like serious dramatic roles right mm -hmm. like um, you know, Lovecraft Country, Last Man in San Francisco, uh, there's something else, The Five Bloods. So to see him play Nathaniel that way, like he was he was almost as he was like mischievous, mischievous and playful, like Loki in some way. He was so good. He was yeah, what so good. Think? Yeah, he was uh -huh. so good. Like his uh I think it was the part where he uh you know, when he was in the middle of the expedition and then he, mm -hmm. he like climbed up on the table mm -hmm. and was like, you know, telling them that they should be thanking him, you know? <laughs> yes. And then, yes. Oh, and then the part where, and, and then, what was it? Sylvie was saying, and then, uh, what was it? He, she, he, he was explaining the everything and then, uh, and then she was like, and then the timekeepers saved everything. And he was like, ta-da! You know, they had like that music. <laughs> he was like clowning her. I was like, oh, wow. This dude is like really going in on her. Yeah. I mean, clearly you can tell that Nathaniel has spent too much time alone. Mm-hmm. And he's a little touched in the head. Yep. He's he's like he's literally like the mad scientist. We can actually that's, call it, him that's that. exactly what it felt like. Yep. Yeah, yeah. But it was it was a very charming and um, mercurial performance, yes. and I was I was just here for it. Like he was just bringing his A game to that. And I think you know I was talking to a friend of mine because it, from what I'm understanding, the way that Loki sets it up, we're basically going to be seeing variants of Nathaniel Richards, which means that 
Jonathan Majors, the actor himself, will have to play different versions of Nathaniel yeah. Richards, right? They'll be King the Conqueror and the, the list goes down, the list goes on. And I was just saying, what a time for black actors in the MCU right now, right? And I like the fact that we can have black villains. I feel like we've have enough representation and there's more coming down the pike of black heroes in the MCU. And I feel like true representation is that we should be able to play the spectrum of humanity. We're good, we're bad, we're in the middle. And I think this is such a great opportunity for Jonathan Majors. Like black actors rarely, rarely get those type of opportunities where they play twins or multiple personalities or or different versions of mm-hmm. themselves. We, we, we never, like the last time I've, we've seen it in sci-fi. The last big, you know, on-screen role that we saw was Lapita and us. Yeah. And and to this day, the Academy robbed, robbed her, her. I, of that. Because I was like, if it was any other white actress that was in that, yeah, I would have thrown all the Oscars at mm-hmm. her. Because at times when I was watching us, it was like two different actresses to me. I wasn't seeing Lapita play both roles. I was, I thought it was two different actresses. She was so good in that. Right. You know, and so now Jonathan is going to be able to do that because I have a feeling you can correct me if I'm wrong. I think the idea is to kind of have different variants of Nathaniel Richards show up throughout the different MCU properties. Right. That's what I would expect. Like, I think we're going to see Kang in Ant-Man for sure. Mm. But I'm sure at some point we'll see Immortus and at some point we'll see uh, the Scarlet Centurion. There's like so many different cool you know, Kang variants he can play. So who, so who is Amortis? Let us know. Amortis is Mm -hmm. the more um, intelligent, the more like uh, calm and thinking of the variants of him. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whereas, you know, Kang is just kind of like the, the wild uh, dictator. And then Scarlet Centurion I, I've only read like a few comics with him, but I don't remember what his personality was like. But they're all like really, mm-hmm. they're all very different from each other. So he's that's like a big just like sandbox for him to play in. Jeez, that's great. Because we know, I mean, we, we've known and we've heard that the audition process to be in the MCU is rigorous. Mm-hmm. I mean, across the board with Disney, too, because I heard with Star Wars, it's pretty much the same thing. But I know that the audition process in Marvel in the MCU is very rigorous. And I just I'm just I, I would love to see, like, what his audition takes. Oh, were. my like, goodness. Did, yes. did, 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 like, did they give him different sides to play the different variants? of? I'm sure they, they have had to. to. They, have to, they had to do it. Right. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm so excited for him. <laughs> so how does this. OK, so then here's my question. Because um, we can, in episode six, we also found out that Ravona now understands that the TVA is a sham, mm-hmm. right? Because Hunter B, Hunter B15, well, not Hunter, no, was it? No, Morbius Mo- is the one yeah, I Mor- Yeah, he came back. Yeah, yeah, he came, to, he explained to her and like, he was like, this isn't real. We're all variants. They They took us from the timeline and stuck us in this bureaucratic hell, mm-hmm. okay? And so, uh, the episode ends with Ravona basically opening up a portal. She takes this, you know, briefcase with her and she's out there to basically find the truth. You know what I mean? Yeah. To kind of figure out. Yeah. So we're going to so get our power how- couple. 
So we are. Okay, so I meant to ask you that. So how is how is how are they going to try to make this connection between Ravona and Kang? Because we know in the comic books they are like these star-crossed lovers. But in uh, when we watched Loki, we didn't see her interact with Nathaniel Richards at all. So where do you think she's going? What What are your thoughts? And how how do you think they're going to make this black power couple in the MCU happen? You know what? I'm not. Sh- yeah, that's interesting. I'm not sure where where she would be going. I, mm-hmm. I I never really gave thought to that. I I'm wondering if both of them will show up in Ant Man and the Wasp. Oh, maybe that portal is because it has to be Kang because she has to be near the variant mm-hmm. that is Kang. Yeah, right? so I'm wondering but if she's, she's going to show up in that. But she's not quite the variant that he fell in love with, though, right? Because the variant because the Ravona that he he falls in love with is a specific type of variant, right? Uh, uh, the you know R- Ravona. Mean? Yeah. yeah, we don't know her real name. We don't know her real name yet. But yes, the Ravona, yeah. the Ravona variant that would be in a relationship with Kang. I'm guessing that there's some version. You don't think of it, would, it would? You don't think her? You don't think it would be her? Like uh, the one that we met in this series? Now I could now I could see Kang doing something where he would see Ravona because we know in the comic book Ravona sacrificed herself to save Kang, right? Mm-hmm. And so he was always grief-stricken trying to bring her back. I, I I mean, I would like, if I was gonna write it, I mean, it would be like Kang seeing her and trying to make her into Ravona. Like, you know, you look mm. like so much like her. I mean, okay, you're a variant, but you're close enough. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And maybe she might, she might be, uh, this Ravona might be fascinated by Kang. Yeah, maybe, I could definitely he, see that. Because he would have the answers, right? All the variants yep. of Nathaniel Richards know some version of how the TVA works and, you know, the different timelines or whatever. But, yeah, I'm I'm waiting for my Black Power couple, my evil Black p- couple in the MCU. They need to make that happen. Yeah, when, when I realized it was going to happen, was that it was uh-huh. in episode four. Remember in episode four when Ravona went uh-huh. and, and kidnapped Sylvie as a kid? Yes, I remember that episode. Yes. Well, yes, yes, yes. If you look at her uniform, her mm-hmm. she is A23. You know the way B15 is B15. Ra- yeah, Ra- so she was a hunter. Yeah, Ravona was hunter A23. A23 okay. Avengers Vol 1 episode 23 is Ravona's first appearance in the Avengers with Kang. I'm gonna fight you, Robert. <laughs> Are you freaking serious? Yeah, as soon as Are I you saw that, me? yeah, no, oh, I'm not. Oh my god! Yeah, but it is. Uh, what? Yeah, it's. Uh, this is why I have you on the podcast. This is why I have you on the podcast. I love that. I love the Easter eggs, like the quality, because there's an art to doing a really good Easter egg, and I feel like I feel like Marvel has really, at least for me, this. Uh, transition into phase four it could be me you you could tell me seeing as you're a, a marvel comic reader i feel like they're really leaning into like these kind of obscure like they're they're going hardcore marvel comics oh yeah they are for sure they are for mm-hmm. sure but yeah mm-hmm. that is uh the the comic the title of the comic is called one cent avenger and it's uh ravona's first appearance in any comic and it's Kang uh, fighting against the Avengers. 
Oh my god, I'm done. I can't. Oh my gosh. I, so I, number one, I need to read that <laughs> and number two, I need to revisit that that episode because that's that's a that's a hell of an Easter egg. I love. You know that. the interesting thing the Avengers yeah. t- the Avengers team in that comic is Scarlet Witch, Quicksilver, Hawkeye, Captain America. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of interesting that Scarlet Witch is in there. Well, I mean, because, all right, so if they were to recreate that, we've got Sam as the new Captain America. Uh, for Hawkeye, it may not be yeah, Jeremy Renner's Yeah, it might Hawkeye. be Kate. Or, uh, yeah, Kate. Okay, and then who else was there? Uh, Captain America. Oh, Captain America. Okay, so Sam. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so, they would reenact okay. that. I just thought it was uh, interesting that Scarlet Witch. That's, that is not a coincidence. That is too specific. Is in that, uh, in that comic. Yeah. Yeah, kind of wasn't that that great Easter egg they did when they dropped the episode on what was it, April something? Oh yeah. You know what I'm talking wasn't about? Wasn't that like the first episode of Loki or something? Yes, 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 yes. Like the the, the, date? the, the release date of Loki was specific. Yeah. It was specific. Cause it, I think it was referring to Oh, it was what's um which which Marvel which Marvel universe are we in right now? Oh yeah, uh, it was six one six. Yeah. 616. That's right. That's right. Yes. 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 And it was just like, oh, it was the variant, episode two. Yeah. It dropped on it dropped on June 16th, 616. That's our prime timeline. (laughs) Yes. And that's how we first found out in episode two that the timelines, you know. I was just like, wow. Yeah. Okay, that's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. But so, because remember at first we were like, why did they move? Because remember the, the releases were on Friday. That's right. And then they were like, and they were like, oh, Loki's going to be on Wednesday. It's because they wanted to hit that target date of June 16th. They couldn't do that if it, if it would release on a Friday. That's crazy that they're just like, yeah. They're, yeah. they're thinking like <laughs> big, big, big time out there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So basically just to recap the season finale. So we find out about he who remains. Sophie basically is a Karen and is complaining <laughs> to black management. She's like, I don't like it. I don't like how y'all run this timeline. Fuck y'all. And then she basically kills uh, Nathaniel, but not before he says, see you soon. <laughs> he was like, oh, you, oh, white women. You're so mm-hmm. You're so cute. Yeah, whatever. And then he was yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll see you at three o'clock. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and so it was just like, and so by killing Nathaniel, and Nathaniel had told her, and Sophie was getting on my nerves. I've seen some of these white feminists or women writers that are trying to defend Sophie, saying that Sophie was right. And I'm like, no, she's not. Okay. <laughs> she just created chaos. Do I like the TVA? No, it represents something I don't like. But the idea of like these multiple timelines fighting each other, that's even worse. Like he gave her the whole breakdown of what would happen <laughs> if he killed her, if she killed him. He was like, you're, you're going to be faces. And she was like, F that, I choose chaos. And I was like, oh God, girl, why? <laughs> well, why I mean, you could tell that? after she did it, when she sat down mm-hmm. on the floor, I think she realized what she did. Mm-hmm. Yes, she don't listen, yeah. and 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 you know Loki tried to reason with her, and it was it was what was interesting is that by juxtaposing him against Sophie, I mean some people had some complaints about that, but 
story wise, it was interesting to see how much Loki has grown. Yeah, because he's somebody he's he's a he's like a kid. He just he runs on id. Yeah, you know what I mean. Just impulse and what feels good. And I don't want to think about it. And this time he was just like, no, like if we if we kill this man, like this is what's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, we you got to I mean? see his. Uh, we definitely got to mm-hmm. see him change throughout this series. Mm-hmm. He well, what did what did you think of of Tom Hiddleston's performance throughout season one as as Loki? I thought he was great. I mean, I really was. You know, it's. I think I've told you this before, but like Loki's never been one of my favorite characters in the MCU. Yes, mm-hmm. like he's fine. You know, I really only like him when he interacts with Thor. I like their, you know, their relationship and them interacting mm-hmm. together. So I, I like him when mm-hmm. those two are together. But just him alone, I've never right. been a Loki guy. But I really enjoyed his, you know, performance throughout this entire series, and it was kind of cool right. to see him grow. You know, mm-hmm. in that last episode, you know, I mean, he grew before yeah. then, but it's kind yeah. of great to see how his arc is going. And I'm really mm-hmm. interested to see him in the movie yes. because he's going to be yeah. in uh, the Doctor Strange movie with him and Wanda and Doctor Strange. Lord Jesus. Oh, boy. That's going to be interesting. Because, you know, Doctor Strange and Loki don't like each no. other. I love that the scene from Ragnarok where he threw him in that hole <laughs> and then he fell. He said, I've been falling for what, for 30 minutes. <laughs> I'm like, that is that is a messed up thing to do to somebody. Like, the sense of falling is like, it's vertigo. Yeah. I can't imagine having ongoing vertigo for 30 minutes. So that was a pretty messed up thing that he did to Loki. And I don't think Loki's going to forget that. No, no. Anytime soon. But I'm excited yeah. to see Loki actually actually using more magic because he's uh, i'm yes. assuming with you know with dr strange and scarlet witch there that you know he's mm-hmm. going to be actually using more of his magic than we've ever seen him use so i'm excited about that yeah because we definitely saw hints of that in his fight with sophie because yep. sophie seems to have more mastery of her magic yes than he does but we we did see him start to use it when he was fighting her. and i'm was- wondering if he'll get motivated because of what the old loki did in the previous episode you know, when he, like, displayed his ability to, you know, build the whole of Asgard with his yes. his uh, powers. So I'm wondering if that's going to motivate him, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, it's just, he's just really, it's just very interesting to see, like, how being faced with the other version of Loki, like, he's kind of learning from his mistakes. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, like you'll see in the episodes when he sees something that Loki has done that has caused someone pain or death, and then it's kind of like, ah, you know what yeah. I mean? It's like he's he's not agreeing with this Loki. It's not like, yeah, I would have done that too. It's like, oh man, why the hell did I do that? <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, ju- like, like, just really like that first episode when he was watching the life of the other Loki on camera on screen and watching the scenes from you know, the second Thor, the dark world, when he saw that his double cross um, with the elves cost him the life of his mother, his adopted mother. And of course he claimed he didn't love her and he didn't care about his family, but he did. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, like I agree with you, Tom Hiddleston is just great in this role. I mean, like he's always been like a charming villain and kind of like comic support mm-hmm. you know what i mean especially vo- like yeah i love his scenes with chris hemsworth but with loki i really feel like he's coming to his own like he's really putting work on making loki 
not even even uh, even more interesting character and someone who is who has value in the MCU in this new phase four of the MCU because the OGs are gone yeah. right the the original Captain America and you know all of that so now he's like one of the only few that remains well at least this version right, right? the other version died in Infinity War so it's kind of I think it's cool to see people from phase you know the characters that will remain from phase one, two, and three kind of integrate themselves into phase four. You know what I mean? So they're, they're giving him, I guess by, yeah. Like if he's going to be in the into multiverse, he's got to have some mastery of magic, you know, like the little tricks that he does are not going to cut it. Yeah. And, and, and there's, you know, there's comics out there already with, you know, with him and Mm -hmm. Scarlet, Witch and Dr. Strange, where they're actually using magic, where he's like, He's doing using magic with the best of them, so I'm assuming he, mm. we're gonna really see, uh, you know, his magical prowess in that movie. I'm excited. I'm excited. So, what did you think of the ending of uh, the season finale? Like the last few minutes, like where 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 it puts us, and what's the significance of it to Phase Four? Like, where do you see that going? It was. Um, it was so good. I mean. Mm-hmm. It's it's so weird because it basically was like in a, a TV show, we just got like mm-hmm. this major shakeup in the MCU, you know, all the mm-hmm. timelines, you know, just splitting out from each other. And it's just like, I can't believe we it got that in the TV show. Yeah. It looked insane. It was just like just threading off in like a million. And I was like, and I was like, which timeline is the Fantastic Four? Which timeline yeah. is the X-Men? <laughs> which timeline is, you know, which Spider-Man, right? Yeah. Like, cause we know that Spider-Man 3 is basically gonna go into like a Spider-Verse, yeah. so to speak. And you which know timeline I mean? so- is Loki in now? Because, I mean, we know he's in a timeline where they don't know who he is at the TVA. Oh, can you explain that that last scene? Explain that. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, Sylvie, I mean, when she opened that door and pushed him, you know, we, of course, we all assumed it was back just to the same timeline they were in. But I don't know if she purposely put him in a different timeline or because of what she did. Or that was before Mm -hmm. she killed him. So she had to purposely Mm -hmm. do that. But yeah, I think she did. Yeah. So send him to a completely different timeline where they've never met Loki and Kang the Mm -hmm. Conqueror. There, there, there were no time, you know, Lords or anything. It's just Kang from the statue that we saw that Loki saw. Oh no. (laughs) Yeah. I think she did that on purpose. Mm -hmm. I think she did. Cause she just doesn't want him interfering or, you know, getting in the way. Yeah, that stuff, makes so. sense. Get get him completely out of the same timeline that she's in. Yeah. So and 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 we did see in the end credits that there will be a season two of Loki, mm-hmm. and I agree with that. I I mean, of the three, uh, WandaVision, um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Well, excuse me. Now they call it the Captain and the Winter Soldier, <laughs> Captain America and the Winter Soldier, and Loki. There's that's the only of the three. Um, Marvel series, the Disney series. This is the only one w- that we know has a committed season two. Right. I, I feel. I feel like with Wandavision, it told the story that it needed to tell. I don't know that we need a season. Yeah, two, I, I think so too. I mean, she got yeah her character development there. You know, to get her where she needed to be before the Doctor Strange movie. I don't really see where else they would go with another season. Right, and then with Ca- and then with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I I feel like that was there were. 
clearly a lot of, there were certain agendas um, as far as like telling the story of Isaiah Bradley and, you know, bringing back Zemo. Like there were definitely reasons why they did Falcon and Winter Soldier. But I think the main one was to help viewers transition from Chris Evans, Captain America to Sam's Captain America. And I think that bridge was good. I don't know that just, you know, the end of Endgame, seeing him with the shield and then seeing him in the next Captain America movie. I think that it would still be a bit of a jolt to people because, yeah. I mean, I'll admit, I mean, I have an attachment to Chris Evans's Captain America. Like, he'll always be Cap to me. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, me too. But, me too. Yeah, but I, I like that the, that the series was kind of like, all right, guys. <laughs> get over this it is, this, this is grief therapy let's let's come together and let's let's grieve because the characters were grieving the loss of steve and uh you know my my critic friend anthony bresnikin he said something that i totally agree with he was like the biggest gift that was given to falcon and the winter soldier was the absence of steve rogers i totally because agree. i feel like it would have disrupted that storyline like it was like it was sort of like because that's the way death is right you don't see the person you can't negotiate another meeting with someone dead like once they're gone they're gone and it's really about like how do you move forward and this idea of legacy right um and and does this black man what does that legacy mean to the black man and and i think that's the other reason why this the series was important because um being black and being a black captain america has a uh, has a specific significance and just putting him in the suit and putting him in the next captain america movie the people a lot of black people especially the year that we've had there's a lot of political upheaval i think people would have had questions yeah. like you know seeing this black man with like a red white and blue shield is like why right. you know but the series gave us and especially by giving us isaiah bradley it was really like well this this is how he thinks like you know people were upset that he became Captain America. They were like, well, I wouldn't do it. And I'm like, well, okay. But <laughs> if, if if you've watched all the movies with Sam Wilson, there is nothing about Sam Wilson that says that he's a radical yeah, or progressive. This is consistent I think he's just, with him. Yeah, I think he's just, he's a middle of the road, probably Democrat, yep. right? Or, or independent like a moderate, or whatever. Yeah. yeah, which is what a lot of black people are. Mm -hmm. I think black, I mean, like, yes, we do have like the progressives and the, you know, the progressives and the liberal black people. And then we have the middle of the road black people. And then we have the ones that are like ultra, ultra conservative, like the ones cussing out Lil Nas S talking about he's spreading AIDS right, and shit. Right. You know what I mean? And so, but I think for the uh, most part, a lot of like when white uh candidates are vying for black votes that's who they're looking at they're looking at the middle of the road you know i got a wife and two kids and a mortgage and you know i went to an hbcu or you know a liberal arts college or whatever and i'm liberal on some stuff and i'm conservative on some stuff i'm just in the middle yeah um that's sam yeah that is that's who sam was but i do feel that sam is trying to do good i think that he's trying to use the mantle of captain america um and using everything he knows, being a black man in America and being oppressed and being a marginalized to stand up for those who can't stand for themselves. Those who are, you know, I won't say voiceless, but the ones whose voices are ignored. Right. That's that's why he's there. And I think that's why he's going to be in a very interesting Captain America. If they keep up the quality of the, the writing. Yeah, he's not going to be Steve Rogers. In some ways, he might be better yeah. than Steve Rogers. He may not have like the super ceremony. He may not be able to fight, but he has a huge heart and a, and compassion. You know what? You know, I, you know what I want to yeah. see for this show if it comes back. Mm -hmm. If I want to see 
if I were to think of a season two for that series, mm-hmm. and I'm guessing it would have mm-hmm. to be renamed because I don't, I don't really want to see Bucky in it. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I think it should be Elijah story. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, yes, and um, the the dude that got the Falcon suit. I think it oh, should be, uh, uh, yeah. The Latino I can't, guy. Yeah, I can't the Latino think of his guy. name right yeah. now. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. yeah, if they're gonna do the uh, season two, I think I think it should be, you know, I guess Sam and then those two. I agree. Listen, remember the Emmy nominations came out mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. and good news is, you know, Disney uh, WandaVision did quite well. Um, I think Elizabeth Olsen got a nomination for Best Actress, and I think Paul Bettany is up for Best Actor. Right, I was in a limited yeah, series. They got like eight nominations, I think. Yeah, they did pretty well. But, okay, like, we can talk about it. All right, some people, I mean, like, there were some critics who didn't like uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. They said the storyline was uneven. Like, I'm not going to debate that. Right. What you ca- what you cannot debate is Carl Lumbly's performance as Elijah Brad as, as Isaiah Bradley. Isaiah, yeah. he, he was the reason why people tuned in every week. I mean, there are other reasons that people watch the show. But let's be clear. He was the beating heart of that show the minute he the second he showed up in episode two everybody was asking when is he gonna come Mm -hmm. back right especially once people googled and found out like what isaiah bradley's real backstory was yeah with the red what was that red white and black uh the truth yep yeah so it was just sort of like and then i'm seeing all these nominations being handed out to like wandavision and i'm like but where's carl lumley's like what like i was so upset robert i was like y'all not gonna do this to my boy like that oh well he's a he's a, he's a grown man y'all not gonna do that to my man like that y'all not gonna do carl lumbly like that no 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 it was it was too damn good of a performance and that's why i agree with you that giving the season two to carl lumbly and then you could cast a younger version of himself well i wasn't saying younger- him but i mean he would be in yeah. it but i was saying his yeah. grandson elijah so, oh, Elijah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes, yes, so yes. I'm sure oh, Carl Lumbly okay. would be involved because that's his grandson. Oh, okay. I like that idea. So, like, so, it, so it'd be Sam and the Falcon. two young, the two young guys, and then of course oh. Carl Lumbly because his grandson's in there. I'm sure he would be involved somehow. So he's like a mentor mm-hmm. of sorts. I'm, I'm not mad at this idea because we know Elijah Bradley ends up becoming a member of the new Avengers. Yep. And we know that they're basically bringing the characters of the young Avengers into phase four. We, we've got they Elijah Bradley. They have all of them now. They have all of them. So Elijah Bradley. Yep. Uh, Kate, Kate Bishop. Yep. Right. Yeah. Uh, Wanda's with, sons. Both of Wanda's sons. Boys. Yep. Uh-huh. And then, uh-huh. Um, and then who else? Um, uh, the, the, uh, America, America Chavez. America Chavez. Oh yeah, Mary Cass America Chavez. Yeah, she, yeah, she's gonna be in the Doctor Strange movie. Oh. Yes. Yeah, okay, she's, how's that gonna work? All right. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm guessing she's gonna be in one of those multiverses. They're they're multiverses. in, but yeah, she's supposed to be in that movie. Oh, okay, okay. No, I I totally agree with you. I I think if 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 it's not Falcon and Winter Soldier season two, then I just feel like they need to just do like a standalone series and call it The Patriot. Or yeah. something like that. Yeah, something and just, like that. And just, yeah, and just follow, um, because if I remember, it's three generations. So you have Isaiah Bradley, mm-hmm. and then his son, Josiah X, That's right? That's right, yep. And then Elijah Bradley is 
the grandson. Yeah, correct? that's the grandson. Elijah Bradley. Yeah, so you can do. I mean, we didn't see Josiah in in this one, but that. Sh- I wanted them to go all the way back, World War II, when he first. And it it would be really fascinating to kind of juxtapose, because I felt like they did that in season. Um, in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, what was that? When a lot, it was called the Truth. That was season episode five, right? Right. Um, and that's when he gave his story, and we talked about it. It was like so striking when when Isaiah told his backstory of how he went and saved his. They were caught by the Nazis, mm-hmm. right? And then and seeing what his punishment was. And I couldn't help but think, and while he's talking, I'm playing first Avenger in my head. And I'm thinking about what happened when Steve went and went to save his comrades from the Nazis and how he got all the medals and all the praise. And this black man who did the same exact thing was thrown in jail for 30 years. So the the juxtaposition of that, the contrast of that is not lost. And so I feel like with the show with Isaiah Bradley, you could do that. Like certain... I'm not saying you have to use scenes from First Avenger, but like while you're watching, you'll be like, oh, yeah, I remember Steve did that Mm -hmm. in First Avenger. Oh, it didn't happen. Like it didn't go down. Like that's not the conclusion that it came to. You know what I mean? Because when you because when you do things like that, you don't have to hold up the racism. No, you don't have to. You know what I mean? Like people who are intelligent will figure it out. It's like, yo. Yeah. White white male privilege. Like I again, I don't think Steve was racist at all, but that's not to say that he didn't benefit from white male privilege. Like right. it, it it would be disingenuous to say otherwise, right? And so I think with this a, a, a level of storytelling like that when you're just showing the truth, right, mm-hmm. about how black soldiers are shown, you can kind of see like yeah, I agree with you. I would I would love to see him get his own show. So, um anyway, all right, we're going to get a season two of Loki. We will be seeing Tom Hiddleston in uh, Doctor Strange multi- Multiverse of Madness. Uh, and then uh, we're not sure where uh, Ravona ended up <laughs> in the thing. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe she'll, maybe she'll end up in Ant-Man 3. That's, we that's what I'm know. wondering. I'm like, are we going to see her in there? Or, or, yeah. or are we going to see her? Just, we won't see her until Loki episode two. Like, I don't know what's coming oh, out man. first or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, and uh, the other actor that I really, uh, and this is why I'm glad they're bringing back season two. I really love Luke Wilson as Morbius. So did I. I love, what I, no, it's Owen Wilson, right? Sorry, Owen oh, Wilson. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. And he, what he brings, like, he has, like, that character. He has a quality about him that just works in the MCU. Cause I've always seen, like, what I like about Marvel is that they're not afraid to cast specific uh, actors mm-hmm. like that they're not like the cookie cutter type you know what i mean like paul rudd was sort of like the king of romance indies you know what i mean like that's 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 what he was doing and then he would do a drama. but like you and i were talking like i can't see anybody else playing scotland no man then paul rudd. like he's so perfect he's, he's, he's so too perfect, perfect. <laughs> yeah he really is and so i'm really looking forward to ant-man 3 um but okay so uh, season two of Loki. We're not. We don't have an announcement date, but I'm sure maybe we'll see it like 2023 or something like that, or 2024. No, 2022 or 2023. I'm guessing that's when we're gonna see it. Yeah. Um. So, right after the ending of Loki, I think it was was it the week after? That's when we had the Black Widow movie was released. Yeah. Yeah. Um. It had a theatrical release, and then you could also access it 
um, on Disney Plus, but that's what they call their premium where you have to pay for it. Even if you have a subscription, I think you still had to pay like what, $20, $30? It's, if yeah, you it's $29.99. $29.99. Listen, listen. Um, number one, that this is the movie that I said I would break quarantine to go into a movie. <laughs> every other every other movie, I was like, I will see you on my flat screen at home. No problem. But there were, I had a list of movies that I was like, this deserves the big screen uh, treatment. For sure. Um, qu- yeah, Quiet Place 2, uh, Snake Eyes, and I definitely have Black Widow. Like that last trailer that they dropped was like straight fire. I was like, oh no, no way am I watching that at home. <laughs> um, but I'll, I'll start with you. Um, what did you think of the Black Widow movie? Black Widow far exceeded all my my expectations like i didn't go mm-hmm. in with low expectations i didn't really know what to expect from this movie you know especially mm-hmm. since it's you know way you know years later than it should be yes but i was you you know me you know how much i love the americans like as right. soon as those <laughs> first 10 minutes of that movie came on i was like okay i'm i'm totally in this movie cuz that was the it, americans right? that was the yep. americans from jump Mm-hmm. And and it just got better from there. Like the fact that a Marvel property is taking on human trafficking and tra- trafficking of young girls. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't expecting that, you know. Right. So uh, right. they did a really good job with, it. and it not only you know did it did it call back to the Americans? I mean, it really looked like it could have been that first 10 minutes, an episode of the Americans. Right. Look, Cause it isn't until what it looked. Yeah. They, they nailed it. Yeah, I agree The music that. just like that, the heavy tone, like, mm-hmm. like as soon as the, as soon as he came home and, you know, and they, you know, she was serving dinner and you mm-hmm. saw that look on his face, like, I just got like a pit in my stomach because you knew things were going to turn fast, you know? Yeah. So that first 10 minutes was amazing. And, and Mm -hmm. I think the movie just got better from there. You know, I'm not the biggest Scarlett Johansson fan, but, Mm -hmm. uh, this movie, I thought the movie was great. I really like, uh, what's her name? Florence Pugh. Yes. Oh my goodness. I think she's going to make such a good widow. I mean, I'm assuming she she's going to be the widow from now on. Mm-hmm. Uh, once she gets it together. Yeah. Yes. But I agree. She, I, I love that their personalities are like so different. She's got like this really dry, but good sense of humor. Mm-hmm. And just seeing them play off each other kind of reminded me of Loki and Thor playing off of each other. You know? Oh, that's a good one. I kind of got yes. a little yes. feeling of that. But yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, I I really enjoyed it. What about you? I I mean, I now the thing is, I've always liked the Black Widow character in the MCU. I felt like she was a little shortchanged sometimes. Um, I agree with you that this Black Widow movie should have come out a long time ago. Mm-hmm. She should have been had her own movie. You know what I mean? But all the boys were getting their spinoffs and franchises, and she was, you know. Although I I loved her in uh. The second Captain America movie. Yeah, Winter Soldier. Uh, Winter Soldier. She's, that's my favorite version of her. 
I loved it for her because it was like they really I felt like the Russo brothers really took her seriously. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like like we're not going to treat you as just eye candy. And they've made her very much Steve's equal. And what I loved and, and the other thing is that I think they made that intentional choice where clearly there was sexual chemistry be between Steve and Natasha, but they never acted on it. I love their relationship. <laughs> I loved it. Like they, they just really, you know, and that, and it was really about Steve learning to trust Natasha, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Or her trusting him and, and they kind of humanized each other, you know, cause they, they both come from very abnormal, like just weird things. Like he's a super soldier and was in ice for 90 <laughs> years. And then she was trained as an assassin since a little girl. And you know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's like their, their oddities and their outsider status kind of, bring them together yep. but they never cross that line they're just friends yep. and, I, and i think that's re representative of a lot of black i mean a lot of male female friendships mm -hmm. and stuff and so but yeah i i agree with you like um you know i saw the first trailer and i was like hmm, okay and then each respective trailer got better and better. i was like <laughs> okay i gotta i gotta see this in the theater i gotta see this in the theater and it really made me like all right, we can have an open conversation. I know a lot of people, Scarlett Johansson is not the friend to the black person or trees or trans people right now. And I'm not going to excuse anything that she did. I'm, I, you know, she'll have to be held accountable. I'm just talking about the performance. The performance that, again, I felt like it was a fitting love letter yeah, to I Black agree. Widow. Right. Because we know we lost her in um, Endgame. And I, you know, I think I was talking to you about this is that after watching when you and I think this is how, you know, Black Widow is such a great movie. It's such a good movie is that by the time you finish watching it, it recontextualizes her motivations to jump off that cliff in Endgame. Mm, it does. Not to say not to say that you didn't understand why, but it was like when she jumped off that cliff, it wasn't just for one family. It was for two families. Mm -hmm. Right. Her her found family with the Avengers and then the family she left behind with Yelena and Alexi and uh, what what is uh, Rachel, yeah, I can't think of her uh, Melina's Melina's Melina, yeah. Melina's character. So she had a lot on the line. She had a lot on the line. So I know I, I mean, I'll admit, like at first when they did that a lot of single women were like why gotta be a single woman you know sacrificing herself you know for the family man but now after i watched black widow that's not really what happened right it was really more about she's she's a daughter she's a sister she's a friend she wasn't just a single woman like she had a lot of emotional attachments to people and she did not want to see these people hurt yeah yeah, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, and it, you know what kind of makes me sad? Like, if this mm -hmm. would have come out when it should have come out in the mm -hmm. timeline, which uh, mm -hmm. by the movie is like right after Civil War, right? It seems like this is where this takes place. That would have made mm -hmm. Endgame hit even harder than it already hit. Absolutely, I agree with that. Because we we would have known about this part of her life and this family, you know, this found the first fam found family she had before the Avengers, you know, right? So right. it would have hit even harder. It did, it did, because she really because we didn't get to see how much of a, how much she had evolved between Civil War and Infinity War. Mm -hmm. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't get to see that. Um, and so, cause the way civil war ended, it was just sort of like, she was on the run cause she was a traitor cause she helped Steve and Bucky escape from T'Challa. But it was, it was so much more than that. Yep. You know what I mean? And I, I was just digging black widow because it had 
it had the vibes of the Americans. And then it was like Jason Bourne <laughs> and then like La Femme Nikita. And it, it just really had like all these, like the, the great, the things that you love about action drama. Absolutely. And I'm always, and I'm always here for women action stars. The fight scenes, the choreography was. Oh, was so good. Yeah. It was so good. And it was like, like you could tell like, you know, uh, Scarlett was like, all right, this is my last hurrah, but I'm going to give it my 100%. You know what I mean? And you could tell that everybody. But yeah, like speaking to what you said about, because that scene really threw me uh, when they made the comparison or the, you know, or the, the comparison that this widow program of taking little girls and training them to be murderers and taking out their, you know, their uterus so they can't have babies, a, a forced hysterectomy. Mm-hmm. Um this is child abuse. Mm-hmm. It is child. Like for us, like comic fans, like we kind of romanticized it. Like, oh, it's so cool. A little 14 year old girl that could blow your head off. And it's like, no, 14 year olds are not supposed to be blowing your head off. Right. You know what I mean? And it was really like, no, let's let's talk about this. Let's talk about these little girls that are ripped from their parents. Sometimes the parents give them voluntarily and they're put into this brutal program where they are stripped of their humanity. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And their and their will there's something wrong with that. You know what I mean? Like that scene where you see um, Alexi and Melina turn over Yelena and uh, oh. Natasha over, like talk about a betrayal, man. <laughs> All of that. Like you saw this whole montage of them trying to get away. They're like, yes, they love their little girls. They're going to do anything to protect their little girls. And then just handed them right back. And then, to the and then to see the pain on her face, you know, when they met back up and they were having that dinner and yes. Florence Pugh was talking about, you know, this is, you know, this was real to me. You know, this was, this is all I knew. You know, she was a little kid. Right. And yeah. yeah, that was just, that was so good. Oh, it so really good. was. It, they really put a lot of thought in it. It just really fleshed out Natasha in a way where she's, she wasn't just the eye candy. And, and, and what I like is it, what we're seeing in phase four. I mean, technically, wait, Black Widow is technically a phase three movie or a phase four movie. I don't know. Technically, <laughs> I'm guessing it's got to still be phase three because I don't think phase four it, starts yet, right? Movie wise, yeah, yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, I yeah. don't think. So. I think Shang, is Shang Chi kicking it off? Yeah, is I that think Shang Chi kicks off phase four. Yep. Okay, and then and then the Eternals comes out too much yep. after that. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. So yeah, this so, will be phase three. Okay, so it it seems to me that yeah, so it was just um, it was just really lovely to kind of see. The, the shades and the regrets and the pain, like just even the way that the movie starts, we see her in a bathroom and General Ross has her cornered mm-hmm. seemingly in a building and everything. And he's just taunting her. Right. Yeah. He was like, you don't, he was like, you don't have anybody. He was like, Steve's not here to save you. Right. Captain America's not. Cause we knew that the Avengers had disbanded yep. and she, and yeah, she they were all on the run at that point. And I was, I will say this when General Ross said that, and I was like, this is the second woman that Steve done <laughs> left in the dust, right? Because he did it to Sharon Carter. Sharon Carter helped him, and then she was on the run. And then Natasha helped him, and then she was on the run. I was like, you owe somebody some, you owe somebody some gourmet gift baskets, okay? <laughs> I don't know, Steve. <laughs> so, but I mean, clearly they must have made up because they were together again by Infinity War. But yeah, just to kind of see her just in that bathroom and trap, but come to find out she really wasn't even there. She was somewhere else. You know, she was. Nah, she was always and, ahead of them. 
Yeah, it was just, it was a great watch from start to beginning. Because, I mean, the last Marvel movie I'd seen in the theaters was Endgame 2020, you know, no releases, all that, you know, because it was supposed to come out last year or whatever. So to go through a a, a, a quarantine of like 15 months, of like no Marvel movies, I was like, oh man, this is hard. But to come back to this, like, I think people were afraid that because it had been delayed and pushed so many times that there wouldn't. I don't know, maybe good. people were afraid of the... Yeah, it wouldn't be good, but it's good. Yeah. Which means that they had more time to work on it. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Because I'm sure they were fiddling with it and still, you know, whatever. Um, but I thought it was a, a really good movie. And people could fight me, <laughs> could be mad, but to me, it was better than a certain other lasso-carrying female heroine. <laughs> That's just me. Yeah, you know how I feel like that. I feel like that movie's Mm -hmm. way too close to First Avenger, and I feel like First Avenger does it better because not -hmm. not only do I think the movie's better, but I think the relationship Mm -hmm. between Steve and and, uh, Mm -hmm. Peggy is far Mm -hmm. more real and believable than Diana Mm -hmm. and and, uh, Steve. Right. Now, now, mind you, I like I like the I like the first Wonder Woman. That's sec- I, I should say it's the second one. That one that came out last year. I don't know what the hell that was. I was like, ooh, this is bad. I haven't seen that one. Ooh, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it to yourself. I was like, stick to if you want to watch the first one, do that, but don't watch the second Wonder Woman. I was like, Mm-mm, y'all gonna have to take it back to the drawing board. <laughs> um, but I I enjoyed this way better than Wonder Woman too. That is for sure. Yeah. And it just really and I all I'm gonna say is I mean. You know, they're still course correcting. And I think this movie does show that they, when they put their minds to it, you can absolutely make a great woman led, a, a great woman led Marvel movie, right? Oh, for sure. Uh, now, yeah, because I mean, yes, we did have, we do have Captain Marvel now. Well, the Marvels now, so. And, and the Marvels now. I mean, the first Captain Marvel movie, I thought it was good. Yeah, but it's it didn't, fine. It's fine. <laughs> There you go. Yeah. But I felt like Black Widow. I was like, okay, so when y'all really put your minds to it, you know how to do a woman superhero movie. Mm. So now I'm going to hold them to that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So now we've got the Marvels, right? Mm-hmm. That's going to be uh, directed by Nia DaCosta, Black Woman. Yeah. Um, And I don't know. Do we have any other theatrical superhero, like as far as Marvel women leading them? We don't have that many. No, not as a lead. I mean, Ant-Man and the Wasp huh. is, you know, jo- mm-hmm. is a joint. So, yeah. Is a joint? Okay. So now I'm just going to be holding them accountable. Like, yes, we need more women-led Marvel movies mm-hmm. because clearly you guys know how to do it yep. <laughs> when you put your mind to it. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, the ending, I'm not going to lie to you, I did cry. Uh, so this is the ending where we see Natasha. She's, you know, basically saved the day and she has her friend who basically hooks her up. It looked like a Quinjet, right? Was that a Quinjet? It was. It was. I'm like, how did yeah. I man get a Quinjet? <laughs> yeah. So it was It was her friend, uh, Mason. He's really cute. His name is O.T. Feng Vat. Yeah, I was ben- trying to figure Benley? out where, what other stuff I've seen him in because he looks familiar, but... Um, if you watch the handmaid, the, oh, the that's right. Tale. That's it. That's it. That was the husband. Yes, he plays the husband. That's yeah. Right. So he hooks her up with it, and then that's when we see Natasha with that blonde bob that we're gonna see her in Infinity, <laughs> yeah, War. Infinity War. So it's it's yeah. So it's an, it's it's basically suggested that she's going back to go find her friends. Eventually, she's gonna re- reunite with Steve, and it it just 
put a lump in my throat because I know what's waiting for her mm-hmm. on the other side. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it was just like, but I'm glad. But now that, and again, when I talk about reco- recontextualizing, I'm glad she went back because even the awful thing that happened with the snap in the five years or whatever, at least she was with her second found family. Yeah. yeah. You know, at least she she was with them till the end. They were with her until the end. And it was just, and then you see her fly away in the Quinjet and then you see the last shot is just, in the trees with the fireflies, which was the same shot at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, Natasha in the well. backyard. Oh, that just so oh, good. it was it was sad but beautiful, and it was just like oh my god. <laughs> um, so really quick, I just the last couple of minutes. There is a post credit scene, and I don't understand. Whenever I go to a Marvel movie and I see people walking <laughs> out when the movie ends, where are you going? They have never learned after they what 23, 24 movies. How many now? The- I guess they thought that there wouldn't be one. They were like, oh, this movie was delayed. I was like, nope, Marvel no. always has a plan. No. No. So we see in the ending, um, oh, and this one made me tear up too. We see Yelena. Clearly, this is after the five-year snap. Um, she is going to visit Natasha's grave um, and putting flowers on there. And while she's standing there, we hear someone sneezing <laughs> like they have allergies. And we look and it's Madame Hydra. It's Ju- Julia Louis-Dreyfus who plays Madame Hydra. We were introduced to this character in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And so basically we understand that Yelena is now working for Madame Hydra. And she tells Yelena, I have a new mark for you. And Yelena's like, who is it? And then she shows him a picture of Hawkeye. And she was like, he's the man who is responsible for your sister's death. <laughs> uh, that's yeah. so cool. Well, you know, the first thing I uh-huh. thought of was like, this This movie was originally supposed to come out before Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So I wonder how the editing changed. Mm-hmm. Because... They, yeah, they probably shot that like last year, maybe last year, around the time that they got Ju- Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Louis yeah. yeah, because she yeah. never even said her name in this. You know... Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, Florence Pugh said it, you know, said Val, but she never oh. said. It. So I'm guessing they edited it because she yeah. introduced herself in uh, Captain America and the Winter Soldier. She did, she did, yeah. So this is, I'm just so excited by Val's character because I, <laughs> I was because I, I went to see it with a friend of mine, and he was like, "Who is that character? Who's Val?" And I was like, "I was like, she's Madame Hydra." I was like, "Think of her as like the dark, the darker version of Nick Fury." Yeah. Remember, like, in, that's in exactly first, what the, she is, right? In Phase One, we would see him, you know, recruiting people, you know, at the end of movies and stuff, and so now she's doing it. So she's got her own little you know, black ops, you know, cause we know she's going to go on to recruit, uh, John Walker. Right. Mm-hmm. And so whatever organization she so basically it's a competition <laughs> and I'm pretty sure we're going to see them. I, I'm, uh, what was this, the series that, uh, uh, Sam Jackson is doing right now? Oh, secret invasion. Secret Innovation. I have a feeling we're going to see Val in that. Oh, yeah. Probably. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm just looking forward to the scenes with Sam Jackson and Julia Louis-Dreyfus chopping up the scene. Chopping up Ooh, the, the scenery. That's like, going to be gonna so be good. Fun. That's going to be so yeah. good. Because in, in the comics, they're like... They were lovers. lovers right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's going to be messy. That is going to be messy. Yeah. So I'm excited. So, um, so now that we know that uh, the post credit tells us that the new target for Yelena is Hawkeye. Uh, I guess the natural conclusion is we're going to see Yelena show up in the Hawkeye series that they 
Yeah. And did they finish rap? Did they finish rapping shooting? Or that's what I, I was I was about to ask you. I'm like, does that come out like mm. early next year or the end of this year? Uh, let me find out. Hold on. Let me. I'm gonna. I feel it. like it's sooner than we think. Oh, sh- you think we might see it by the end of the year? Like I keep thinking it's like the end of this year, but maybe you're right because well, I'm looking at IMDb, and according to IMDb, Hawkeye they have it. At, they have a release of 2021. Okay, so it's not, probably going to be not, like not, holiday season. Yeah, yeah. You know, listen. I as I like to tell people, they've got a plan. <laughs> they're gonna keep, like, keep us fed for sure they're, they're gonna keep us fed i'm just sitting here and 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 managed to do this during a pandemic like that is just fascinating to me yeah. you know but they shot a lot of this stuff ahead of time and whatever yeah. and um but yeah so that's one of people okay so before we end there was one casting announcement i just want to talk about real real quick for two minutes last week it was announced that the Brilliant and beautiful Michaela Cowell will be part of Black Panther 2, Wakanda Forever. Her role is under wraps, but there are two, three possible theories as to the character that she's going to play. I'm going to throw the theories at me at, at you and you tell me what, what you think. Uh, theory one is that she's going to play Madam Slay, who is a yep. adversary That's of the Black Panther. That's for sure. Okay. The second theory is that she's going to play Storm or Aurora Monroe which will open up the door for the X-Men Two, the third theory, which I was like, Hmm. And TMZ reported this. I, I don't know if TMZ was just trying to be messy or whatever, but the, the, the theory, but T- from TMZ is that Disney and Marvel are not happy with Letitia, Wright. Uh, she played Shuri in the first black Panther movie. And a few months ago, she was sharing tweets and liking tweets about, conspiracy va- uh conspiracy theories about the vaccine right yeah i'm not, saying, I'm not saying she's a yeah i'm not saying she's an anti-vaxxer but she was just kind of and it was sad because black twitter was kind of like honey just let it go don't like we're trying to help you out like sis just drop it just drop it but she just would not let it go mm-hmm. and twitter got a hold of her and then she closed her account she closed her twitter account she closed her instagram account um, I'm, you know what I mean? Like it just, it just was bad. And so the, the word on the street, at least this is what TMZ is saying is that, um, because of the bad publicity that Letitia courted, uh, that Michaela is possibly going to play a aged up version of Sherry. I could see that. Cause if, okay. if they did that, then she could be the, the aged up version of Sherry. That's the black Panther. There you go. And there you go. And that's why I'm going with theory th- number three. Yeah, I could totally see that. I mean, I could, yeah. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. thinking of the comics right now and I'm like, she could totally, she looks the part. <laughs> yeah, because, because the thing is, everybody was saying, like, unfortunately, with the death of Chadwick Boseman, everybody was like, well, the natural choice for the new Black Panther is Shuri because she's the Black Panther. But I was like, yeah, but Letitia does just the way that she was written in the first Black Panther. She's a scientist. She's not really a fighter, right? You know what I'm saying. And, and so then I was plus, like, like her does... physical size, she's she's not a very mm-hmm. big big person anyway. You know, so because right. I think it'd be kind of hard. Yeah, you know. So I feel like Ryan Coogler had positioned Shuri as a. You know what I mean? And and I think maybe he was eventually going to do that with subsequent movies with Chadwick, but that didn't happen. And so now, unfortunately, because of Chadwick's death, there's a hole. Like, you gotta have a Black Panther. Somebody's gotta take up the mantle. Right. Right? And so, if you're gonna do Shuri, but Letitia might be a little too young. I could see Michaela as an aged Shuri 
as the new Black Panther. That would be dope. And especially because then it's, it's, it becomes a very female centric, mm-hmm. uh, uh, because if, if, if Michaela is the aged up Shuri slash Black Panther, then you also have Okoye. And mm-hmm. then you also have Nakia. And then you also have the Dora Milaje. So it's like this matriarchy, like this man, yo, <laughs> let it happen. Now, let me, let me be clear. I love Letitia Wright. I mean, I don't like to see any black woman lose their back, yeah. but. Unfortunately, girl, you did it to yourself. But if that is what they're if that is what they're doing, I mean, I I, I would love to see Letitia come back. I don't I don't have anything against her. I just think that she was just talked too damn much. Yeah. Um. But I am hearing that that, that she was sharing other stuff that was transphobic or something. In which case, I was like, oh, girl, no. Oh wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if if that is the theory that she's going to be the new Black Panther, that Michaela is the new Black Panther. I am all for it. Me too. But I will say one thing, even though I think yeah. that Aurora Aurora thing is the least likely to happen, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do think it would be really interesting if mutants were discovered in Wakanda first. I mean, wow. to me, it makes sense since it's the most technologically you know, developed nation on the planet that if mutants were to be discovered, that the Wakandans would find them first. Oh, snap. So could you imagine if they found, you know, Aurora? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I don't think that's going to happen, but that Uh, would be a cool way to bring her into the MCU. Right. Her and mutants, actually. Wow. All righty. Well, that's all the time that we have. Thank you very much, Robert Young. (laughs) (laughs) Anytime. Um, So we're going to be back. We didn't get to talk about this because we were talking about so many other things. The next uh disney marvel offering is the what if if series it's an animated feature based on the comics where basically you take uh our mar- our favorite marvel faves our our marvel faves and put them in these what if scenarios like what if peggy carter was got the super serum what if uh t'challa was the one who's picked up and you know as a child and became star lord yep. just all these like i love it i i saw the trailer i'm batshit crazy over it so <laughs> Hopefully you'll be back because we will absolutely be doing recaps of that. Absolutely. I cannot wait yes. for that series. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, is the What If series, Um, can you read it on Comixology or like any of the di- digital version that you could? I'm pretty sure them? they're available on both Comixology and uh, Marvel Unlimited. Oh, if okay. If you want to go back and read it. them. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna start reading it because I, I wanna I wanna prep. So yeah, I'll I'll contact you and we'll 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 have to definitely do the recaps of that. Sounds so, good. Yes. <laughs> so thank you listeners for listening to another episode of the Spectrum Lounge. See you on the other side. 